everyone and welcome to Back of the Grid. My name is Chris and I'm joined as always by Tom. Hello. And no Stu this week. He's, I think he's managed to get his way into Australia, whether he's ever allowed to leave um, is a different question. But uh, he's now a but... permanent resident. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is was supposed to be our Australian Grand Prix review, but as you probably noticed, it didn't happen. Um so we're still here. We're still going to do a podcast, um, primarily to talk about exactly what went down, because it was a very messy, confusing couple of days, and a lot of stuff went on behind the scenes. So we're sort of going to talk about, about that and about where things stand now and, yeah, go on from there, I guess. Um, I don't know how close attention you were paying to all of this on Thursday night, Tom, but... I was basically sat glued to Twitter the whole time and it was fascinating watching the whole thing unfold. In terms of the cancellation of the race, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, was, it wasn't handled as well as other sports have handled it, I must admit. No, uh, it really wasn't. And um, to be fair, it's the people who were actually travelling to and from the... Um, the race itself that I sort of feel most for, in all honesty, because you know, like it's not a small country, is it? And you, even exactly, if you're traveling yeah. from um, a neighboring province uh, or whatever, you know, if you'd like, tra- if you're traveling from, especially if you're coming from somewhere like Perth, like the other side of the country, exactly, you're yeah, gonna have, you're gonna have traveled a long way. And then there's people coming from the other side of the world to go watch it. And I, the question's definitely been raised of should they have even gone in the first place? Um, honestly, I, I, I don't know. I don't know where I stand on that. Like, I don't necessarily mind the fact that they went out there and tried to continue as normal, but I think that once they were there and they were like, right, somebody within the paddock that's potentially had contact with the entire paddock is testing positive. They, they need yeah. to be a lot quicker to say, sorry, but we're going to have to call this off. Like It should have been an almost immediate thing, realistically. And I know that's not always possible, but... No, but to get to a point where you've literally got people stood at the gates waiting to get in. Yeah, and, and not having a clue. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll quickly rattle through a sort of rough timeline of what got us to that point Um, that's kind of... Again, take a lot of this with a pinch of salt. It's all kind of cobbled together from various reports. And there was a lot going on. Um, it all kicked off on Thursday morning when a member of the McLaren team uh, tested positive for the COVID-19 coronavirus. Um, McLaren immediately pulled out of the race. Um, they, they There was basically no question uh, with them that, you know, their staff came first, which is which is to be applauded, I think. Yeah. Um, apparently behind the scenes at that point, Ferrari, Alfa Romeo and Renault all also had decided to withdraw um, as soon as McLaren did, um, although that wasn't necessarily made public at the time. Um, obviously, FIA were then under a lot of pressure to make a decision. Um, a spokesperson for the FIA at that point said, for us to cancel it on our own would require F1 to tell us less than 12 cars are available. But other than that, or from the local health authorities, the FIA cannot cancel because there are too many commercial agreements that in cancelling the liability would come back to us which the day before this, Lewis Hamilton in a press conference said he was very, very surprised that they were even there and that money talks. So for the FIA to say that the next day kind of proved his point a little bit there, didn't it really? Yep. 
Um, there was also nothing really coming from um, the authorities in Australia, particularly the kind of uh, health departments. I think a lot of the time they were waiting for someone like the Australian government to be the ones to tell them not to do it. So, you know, other organisations didn't have to be the bad guys, uh, potentially. Um, With nothing happened, the team principals called a meeting on their own uh, to vote on whether to all pull out the event or not which obviously would have then forced cancellation because of the aforementioned, if there's less than 12 cars available, the FIA don't run the event. Um, so obviously I've mentioned Ferrari, Alfa, Renault had already decided to withdraw, McLaren already had. Uh, Red Bull, Alfa, Tauri, Racing Point and Mercedes apparently all voted to go ahead with Friday running with a lockdown paddock. Um, and then Hassan Williams abstained apparently, which seems strange in such a serious situation to just not bother voting but there we go <laughs> do you know what that reminds me of <laughs> sorry to put like a, a comedy spin on this but <laughs> it reminds it. me of when you play motorsport manager and you get to vote on the new <laughs> rules at the start of the season and you can choose to abstain and save your vote for a double <laughs> yeah. go next time it's like oh no we're not bothered about this covid vote we'll save this until there's a regulation that we can vote on we'll, yeah. get, two, we'll get two goes it genuinely reminds me of that tactic <laughs> next time it comes around it'll be two votes each for Hassan Williams. yeah <laughs> um so apparently what happens in the situation of tied votes between teams is that ross braun is the the tiebreaker um where that sits in the rules i don't know but there it is uh he was also reportedly in favor of doing friday running then reassessing in the day friday so at that point things were set to continue as planned uh toto wolf then took a phone call from mercedes hq in stuttgart um who gave their own views on the situation whatever they may have been but left the decision in his hands but apparently after he had that conversation he went back to the meeting and basically said he was changing his vote um for reasons of uh duty of care to the employees of mercedes and also in solidarity with mclaren um so at that point we had less than 12 cars available to race so the race was never going to happen by that point um, and then we just had this weird Mexican standoff sort of situation where nobody seemed to want to be the first person to say, yes, it's not happening. Um, mm. Some people said it should have been the FIA or F1, but they seem to be playing by their own rules and waiting for someone else to do it. The race organizers um, said they couldn't do it on their own necessarily because it's the government of Victoria that actually pay for the race. So. They were saying they couldn't do anything without the Victorian government saying something, but they were staying stum as well. Um, and this went on basically all night on Thursday night um, to the point where, as everybody mentioned, people got up on Friday morning and started travelling in to the track. Um, by, by that point as well, Vettel and Raikkonen had supposedly already flown home. So if there's, if there's more proof yeah. that the race isn't going to happen than that i don't know what is um there was talk that hamilton had also left at that point uh by the looks of things on instagram he's still been in australia the last few days um although in a different part i think so he might have just left melbourne not sure um so yeah we had this weird three-hour period on friday morning where some teams were packing up their gear ready to go home other teams were carrying on with their preparations and doing practice pit stops and stuff. Uh, the teams packing up weren't allowed to use the pit lane because it was technically open for the support races at that point. Um, they were running the two seaters that you can pay a lot of money to go and do. Uh, one of them crashed, apparently, <laughs> just uh, <laughs> to add insult to injury on Friday the 13th. Um, 
but again, it was eventually the teams themselves that sort of decided to be the uh, proactive ones and actually do something about it. And basically the teams, I think it was initially led by Mercedes, released a statement saying, we don't want to do this race. We've asked the FIA to cancel it. And that was what finally jogged them into making a decision. But by that point, it was about quarter past nine in the morning. Uh, the gates were due to open at 8.45 and people had obviously been queuing since... Mm-hmm. God knows what time in the morning. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, it just all felt very messy and unnecessary, especially when you look, as you mentioned already, Tom, like you look at other sports, like even within motorsport, like Formula E have just gone ahead and cancelled a bunch of rounds. MotoGP have done the same ahead of time. <clears throat> IndyCar didn't leave it any later than about two days before the event to start doing their cancellations. And yeah. they're just kind of making the difficult decisions and keeping people up to date. And F1 just failed to do that didn't they yeah and i think it's when you see what any other sports done even outside of motorsport it's i think it was it was always obvious that the decision needed to be made um it's just <laughs> like i say it is all uh who's going to be liable for what whereas yeah the other sports have definitely had less of a concern about that but then again we we've so this is another flip side to the thing that we sometimes talk about but how many sports are run by the teams in every other sport that's basically been cancelled over the last two weeks or so it's been a like a, an overruling body so like the um the the FA for the Premier League you know the football league for anything lower than that the, the NBA, the um, MLB, whoever it is, are basically an overruling body says we're cancelling everything. doesn't matter if anyone's got any arguments in it. A, an overruling body is saying that's it, it's done, it's cancelled. Whereas F1's got so many people that have got little, tiny little snippets of power and influence within a single event and the, the greatest sport overall. Nobody wants to be the person that says, oh, we don't want to do it because realistically they're they're worried that either a they'll lose that that snippet of power that they've got or they'll be somewhat penalized for being the only one that's willing to say no in like in in this weird voting mechanism if you want to call it that yeah totally so many moving parts and i think that was highlighted more than anything this weekend was that that way of working was probably part of the downfall of why it took so long to actually reach a decision. Um, like I respect what Ross Braun had to say when when he did the statement to say that like, you know, these are all the moving parts we have to consider and and so on and so forth and everything. But obviously, part of the reason for that is so many people having such a a major influence that they can't just say nope, it's off, and yeah, without completely. having responsibilities to people like. Don't get me wrong, the you know the Premier League and the NBA and everyone else that's cancelled things will have responsibilities to sponsors, but I don't think the sponsors will be pursuing them that much, considering the nature of what it is. It's not just a, a what's the word like a whimsical cancellation of an event. Exactly, is yeah. it? It's a health and safety issue for the globe so it's not a good pr look to suddenly start going after someone and suing people because they've cancelled an event because of mass public health like yeah no one's going to really go for that pr disaster are they no um and and, you know it is 
worth saying, you know, this is obviously not an easy situation to deal with. And they, they've said they dealt with it as best as they could in what was a very fluid situation. And the race organizers said that they, there really wasn't a way they could have given fans more notice. But the thing is, ultimately, wherever you want to put the blame, at the end of the day, F1 as an entity comes out of it looking bad. Yeah. When exactly. other sports and other events are doing such a better job of doing these things, it's it was a it was a, a bad day for Formula One for sure. I mean, I was talking to people um, on Twitter on Friday morning, uh, or well, I guess it was Thursday night our time, who were there queuing, waiting to get into the circuit, and I knew more about the situation going on from my mm-hmm. sofa here in London than they did from yeah. the actual circuit was going on. Like that's. It's no good. It's just it's not the way to uh, treat your the fans at the end of the day, is it? No, it's and uh, like I can't think of any other event so far, at least not of the same scale, where people have been turning up and then being turned away. The majority have been called off in advance, even if you know a little bit late, like what the Premier League and the uh, the Football League here was cancelled on the. Wednesday or Thursday with games about to take place on the Friday. So Yeah, that took their time over it. It was 24 to 48 hours before, but at least there weren't people stood outside the stadium wondering why they can't get in. <laughs> Which, And I know it's a much smaller scale comparing a single game to an event as big as the Australian GP, but it, the principles apply realistically. So, Of course, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's kind of where we've got to at this point. Uh, obviously, it was really disappointing to not have a race after all this build-up, but ultimately the right decision was made and, you know, there are much, much bigger things going on than sports in the world right now. Um, so where we stand going forward from here, uh, as things currently stand officially... The next three races in Bahrain, Vietnam, and China have all been cancelled. Well, I'm I'm saying cancelled. I think officially they've been postponed. But yeah, the, I think the only when I was looking online for official um, word on any of them, Australia came up as cancelled, and I want to say China came up as cancelled, but Bahrain came up as postponed. As yeah. did Vietnam. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, as things currently stand officially, the Dutch Grand Prix at Zandvoort, which is due for on the 1st to the 3rd of May, is still going ahead as a season opener. But from what is being said, it's looking extremely likely that that's going to be cancelled too, uh, as well as a following round in Spain. Uh, Spain in particular is having... Um, well, it's harder time than a lot of places with uh, coronavirus right now. So the chances of that going ahead, I think, are pretty slim. Um, and then if they don't go ahead, we're then looking at Monaco as the season opener, which is the 24th of May. Um, and F1 FYI have, in a statement, said that they are now expecting the season to begin at the end of May, but they've not specified a Grand Prix Um so the the organisers of Monaco have said they are going ahead with preparations, assuming they are going to do the race and monitoring the situation. So that's what we're currently looking at. Um, F1 have also said they're looking at rescheduling as many of the cancelled races they can for later in the year. 
uh, I imagine a lot will pop up in what would have been the summer break, which is probably not going to happen now, given that the season's starting a couple of months late. They're getting a spring break instead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> is it a break if it never even started? I don't know. I'm just trying to make light of a... I apologise if everyone is offended, by the way. I keep making jokes at this, but I'm just trying to make light of a really crappy situation. I think we have to, though, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, some of the memes have been going around have, uh, have helped to get us through the last few days of uh, yeah. I'm not doing anywhere near as bad as some of the memes have been saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ross Brum says he's optimistic that they can still manage a 17 or 18 race season. That sounds very optimistic to me, but we'll see. Um, that's they're potentially making some races two-day events rather than three to help fit them in as well. Do you know what that? This would be, uh, without sort of again derailing everything, but this would be a good way of testing having yeah. shorter weekends by having single practice, qualifying, race. So single qualifying and practice on a Saturday, and race on a Sunday, or even two practice sessions on a Saturday quali race on a sunday yeah you you obviously quali race same day i know they scrap that because if somebody has an incident in quali they're less likely to be able to race and they want as many track cars on track for the race as possible so but but my point is it, it would give them an incentive to actually throw something like this out there for the remainder of the season yeah sort of being forced into experimenting with um weekend formats aren't they potentially yeah um, Ferrari, who are obviously based in northern Italy, have uh, shut down all production at their F1 and their road car factories uh, as a precaution at the moment. Um, but a little lighter bit of news at the end is that the McLaren team member who originally tested positive for COVID-19 in Australia uh, is apparently no longer showing symptoms and is recovering well. So that's a little bit of good news at the end of this whole saga, at least. Yes. Um, but yeah, it sort of leaves us in a situation where we have no idea when we're going to see a race at this point um i i'm i'm as we said said i imagine that the dutch and spanish races are probably going to be postponed in the coming week from what uh people seem to be saying online so i guess we'll see what the next month or so brings we did however uh have some racing Sunday just gone in the form of some uh, esports. As soon as the Grand Prix was cancelled, uh, lots of people scrambled together to try and um, put something together for people to watch at the time. Um, namely, the, the two biggest ones, uh, one was organised by the race.com and Talk Esports, and the second one was by uh, Veloci Esports. Uh, did you get a chance to see any of these, Tom? Sadly, I've not had a chance to watch them yet. Um, but the beauty of esports and online racing is that I can watch it whenever I want. <laughs> they are well worth a watch as well. Um, yes, I've heard. The first one of the day was the Races All Star Esports Battle. Um, and they did, they were doing it on uh, R Factor 2. Um, they had races at the Nurburgring, they had a few heats in a final. They had uh, Jack Nichols and Jolie and Palmer uh, commentating on them. Um, based on the picture that uh, Jack Nichols put on uh, Twitter, just from someone's bedroom somewhere, sat on the internet recording, as is the joy of uh, esports, I suppose. You can do it from anywhere. Yep. Um, the grid for these races uh, was ridiculous. Um, you had current and former F1 drivers Max Verstappen, Juan Pablo Montoya uh, and Nelson Piquet Jr. 
when Pablo Montoya's son was also racing, as was Rubens Barrichello's son. Um, from Formula E, you had Antonio Felix Acosta, Max Gunther, uh, and Neil Johnny. From IndyCar, uh, Colton Herter and Felix Rosenquist. Um, Power Grand Prix winner Billy Munger. Sports car racers Dane Junkadela and Dries Vanthor. And British touring car racer winner Paul O'Neill was a last-minute addition as well. <clears throat> um, and then on top of them, you had YouTuber Jimmy Broadbent, uh, World's Fastest Gamer winners James Baldwin and Rudy Van Buren. Uh, Brendan Lee, who's the two-time F1 eSports champion, uh, five-time Formula Sim Racing champion Bono Huis, who's also taken part in the official F1 eSports. Loads of other sim racing stars. They also had a sort of online competition where you could uh, set fastest laps to get invited to the races as well. Um, just an amazing uh, field of talent they'd put together in the space of about three days. Verstappen really easily won his uh, first round heat, uh, but the final was pretty much dominated all the sim racers. Um, all the real drivers seemed to qualify badly and then just get involved in various incidents. It was, not <laughs> it was notable actually how much cleaner the sim races were, sim racers were than the uh, real world racers. Um, the current Formula Sim Racing champion, Jernej uh, Simicic, uh, basically dominated the final. He won from pole by some margin um he, I've, I've not really heard of the guy before but i've done some reading and he seems to be like the best sim racer going right now uh in a lot of people's opinion by some margin then mclaren shadows uh, kevin siggy was second and world's fastest game a winner rudy van buren was third uh rosenquist was the highest placed real driver he came seventh uh verstappen had an absolute mare and dropped right to the back and then fought back to 11th which was good fun to watch Especially mentioned to Jimmy Broadbent as well, who, if you don't watch his YouTube stuff, you should. He's brilliant. Um, he, in his heat, managed to work his way all up to fifth, then had Antonio Felix Acosta and uh, Danny Junkadela all over him for about three or four laps, and he just about managed to hold them all off and was very excited in the process. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was really, really entertaining to watch. Um, then late in the day, we had the not the Australian Grand Prix, which I said was run by Veloce Esports. That was Lando Norris, Stoffel van Dorn, Esteban Gutierrez, Louis Delatraz, Jimmy Broadbent again, uh, loads of the YouTubers. And then weirdly, the Real Madrid goalkeeper, uh, Thibaut Courtois, was in there because apparently, as well as being a world-class goalkeeper, he's into his esports and likes motor racing. So he was in there for good measure. Sim drivers dominated that again. Uh, Daniel Berezne, who was the... Uh, 2018 F1 esports runner-up uh, won it, followed by Jarno Opmia, uh, who is a Formula Euro Cup real-world driver and also a Renault esports driver. And then Tomek Prodzis uh, was third. Uh, Lando Norris had a mare. He finished sixth. He had an amazing wheel-to-wheel uh, -wheel battle with a YouTuber called Ben Daly, who you may also have heard of. Uh, and now a goalkeeper friend, Courtois, finished a pretty respectable 11th, actually. He was just behind Esteban Gutierrez, which is not bad for a goalkeeper, I'd say. But both of the races had sort of combined viewing figures across the sort of various YouTube and Twitch streams of between 70 and 100,000 people, which is unheard of numbers for sim racing. It's like some of the biggest watched sim races ever, from what I've read. So it's it's really cool to see how it's just been able to step in and kind of provide something for the audience, like on a whim like that. Yeah, it's beautiful the internet, isn't it? It really, really is. Yeah, the organisers of both races have already said they're planning events for the weekends of other cancelled Grand Prix. So if you need something to watch when there's not 
real racing going on if, if you've not before like give the esports stuff a go it is actually very very entertaining and then f1 are saying that they're also looking into doing some official esports events with uh, a bunch of the real drivers as well to tide things over for the next month or two so yeah there's there's racing to watch in some form or another even though all the real stuff's getting cancelled basically can watch me be really 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 rubbish at Forza Horizon and F1 if you want as well. <laughs> Actually, yeah, maybe we should have a race at some point. We'll stream that. <laughs> so it'll be nowhere near it. Well, it'll be entertaining, but for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if anybody wants a race or anything, uh, drop us a message and where one of us will jump online and play something with you, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Especially given that... Uh, well, I'm definitely uh, stuck working from home for the next, I don't know how long, so I'll be desperate for some human contact. Well, I've just found out <laughs> while we've been recording this that I need to be, so <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not in the office for the foreseeable future now. That's oh, fun. dear. Well, there we go, then. Um, jump online and play some games. With us. Yeah. Speaking of human contact, um, shall we go through a bit of Inbox? Yes, let's. Uh, uh, I'll go first if you want. Should we talk yeah, go for it. Uh, Katie says, assuming F1 is off beyond Vietnam, uh, at what point do you think they'll cancel the season? What impact does that have on the 2021 regs and the 2020-2021 development? Um, and with the success of the two esports races, how long do you think it'll be before they become more central to F1 in the future? It's in, The 2021 stuff is interesting, isn't it? Because on one hand... It's kind in a way giving the teams more time to develop the 2021 stuff because there's more potentially more personnel in the factories while races aren't going on. But then I've also seen talk of if it does end up being a incredibly small season that they would push those rules back a year and run a second full season with these current cars. Yeah. Um it would make sense, in all honesty, depending on how much of this season we actually get due to yeah. all this, to, like you say, you know, go for 2022 for the um, for the new regulations and essentially say develop this season's cars moderately, if you wish, to the same regulations and we will take them into 2021. Yeah. The, the other thing that they could do, here's, here's a potential for you, is the other thing that they could do, providing the circuits are capable of it, just if you're listening again, Ross, you know, we always give you <laughs> great ideas that we think you should follow, but you could do an almost Le Mans um, endurance, world endurance championship style thing of a super season of sorts, oh, where right, yeah. you've kind of got like two Monaco's or something where if if you know, if the whole thing of the potential of um, the first couple of European races also being cancelled and then Monaco potentially being the start of the season, if if that all comes to fruition, um, but we do start the season in Monaco, you could like run what is left of the season where possible and then run into next year and either run up to Monaco and then not have any other 2021 20, races or run another full season so you've actually got like a 30 race season overall yeah um and and just continue running the cars through like 18 months rather than 12 and then push the reg change to 2022 
It's potential anyway. I'm just spitballing ideas. Yeah, I thought of that actually. That is a. And it says it says having like a, a silly small season. Well, I say silly small season. There used to only be ten races in a exactly season, yeah. once upon a time. So yeah, just yeah. Thought. I mean, in terms of the whole season being cancelled, I think it the cancellations would need to run right into like the summer break. I guess like if, if yeah. we get got to like July August and there hadn't been anything run, then maybe. But I do like the super season idea though. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's just a thought, a way of utilizing the races that they may be able to use towards the end of the season mm. um but still having it feel like a more meaningful length of a season yeah definitely uh next uh taylor k says what classic f1 races would you recommend watching for newer fans um oh um we playing some of people's hands to watch them <laughs> it yeah it, it depends on how you how you're going to watch them in all honesty um because it depends on what's available, but what years? It'll always be my favorite. What years? Um, Jensen's uh, twenty eleven. There you go. That one. Um, trying to think. That that always comes straight to the forefront of my mind. Yep. Um, the ninety three European Grand Prix at Doddington is always one people mention as well. Yeah, that's another good one. Um, to, do you know it'd be nice if we could find a list of one for each track? <laughs> That'd be good, actually. You could, you could watch a full season just all from different uh, all from different years. years the best yeah. best race at each circuit from different years. Yeah. The um eighty seven British Grand Prix as well is another good one. Um, Mansell's comeback drive. The late eighties any Japan race. Yeah, it's like eighty five to ninety probably. Um, any Japan race night. What was the wasn't necessarily a, a stunning race, but the ninety-five, I want to say, season was that the year Hill won in Japan. Uh, ninety-six was Hill's. Ninety. Oh, sorry, ninety-six. Yeah, so ninety-six for Hill. Yeah, that will that will that was more of a again. That's a bit more of a personal memory. I think it wasn't that good of a race from what I remember, but yeah. Even still, the um the final race in '96 was a very good one. That was the championship decider um between Schumacher and uh, Villeneuve at uh, Hereth, I think that was. Yeah, '97 Hungary. Um, yep. That Damon Hill just reminded me of that. That's Damon Hill in an arrows destroying the field. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's a classic. Um, um, there's a lot of races from 98, 99 that were proper uh, duels between uh, Hackman and Schumacher. Um, yes, Bar especially is one that always stands out. Um, um, oh, what year was Hamilton's exceptional reign at Silverstone? 2010 ish. I feel like it was a nine. <sighs> no, it was early in his career, wasn't it? It was. A, it I was in the first couple of years, actually. Because 2009, McLaren had a dog of a car because that was... Um, uh, yeah, it was that was broad yeah. year, wasn't it? Yeah. I think um, it was the 2008 race. Remember? So, yeah, might, might have been his second year the then. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much everybody else was spinning all over the place and he just yeah owned it. Plenty there then. <laughs> plenty. plenty <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we could think of more given more time, but yeah, it's just two men sat rambling right now. <laughs> so I'm moving on. K Mengum 95 says, um, not that OzGP and We Are The Race uh, were both great events, but which did you prefer? Should they combine and should F1 do their, their whole own? 
sorry, their own event with a whole F1 field. Um, having watched both of them, um, I think the one the race put on, which was the uh, the Nurburgring race in our factor, was probably more enjoyable. Um, ha- having like some official F1 commentators doing it definitely helped. Like they added a lot to it, um, and having recognisable names helps as well. But also, like our factor two is a proper hardcore sim. Like a lot of um, professional uh, simulators are based on the R factor architecture so it's it's proper stuff and you can tell watching it that it's it's proper driving whereas the other one was done in the Codemasters F1 game which is it's not an arcade game but it's definitely a lot more accessible um so the racing didn't have quite as, as much of an edge to it I didn't think but they were still both very very good um and it sounds like F1 are already thinking about doing their own uh, version with as many real drivers as they can. Um, maybe they should just like replace all the races that they've missed with some esports and call it good. <laughs> just um, like literally championship points for yeah. <laughs> for digital races. I don't know how much uh, Mercedes would be on board with that. No. <laughs> well, Williams would probably love it. Yeah, probably. Imagine Hamilton's winning and his PC crashes. What do they do then? Yeah, well, that, that's the only drawback to stuff like that, isn't it? And I guess the other thing is not all the drivers are really into that side of things, are they? Like your Max and your Lando and your Carlos Sainz and whoever, they've they've all got rigs at home. Um, yeah. For Because they do literally like eSport racing and live streaming and stuff in their spare time is like part of their downtime when they're on off weeks and stuff so for them it's second nature to just jump online and do that kind of stuff whereas the other drivers are probably more used to going into the factory and using yeah you know the testing rig which is a very different animal so it'd be it would be interesting to see all of them have a go i can remember a couple of years ago actually now when i was at uh, catalonia and i watched fernando alonso race on it would have been f1 2017 i think at the time and Mm -hmm. he did that on one of the sims that they had there as part of the um you know the like fan events you know the fan yeah parks around the circuit and he put it in the gravel more than he kept it on the track like (laughs) and obviously his excuse was oh it's nothing like the real car though but you can see that that'll come out straight away. <laughs> if any of the guys that don't do sim racing regular got behind oh, one of those, yeah. they'll, they'll be blaming that immediately. Definitely. <laughs> Brooke Archer says, bets on how many races we're actually going to have this year. It's a good question. Well, it all depends, doesn't it? It's all very circumstantial. Yeah. Of, of the 22 that were scheduled, I don't think, I can't see Australia being rescheduled. Um, it's it's such a just if nothing else for the way that track is set up, like it's it's public roads and it's in a park, like it's it's a difficult thing to set up and take down. You can't just do that on a whim. So I have a feeling that won't happen. Uh, yeah. I can't see them going back to Vietnam either. I don't think like no. I think your street races are going to be the ones that have yeah. to be cancelled, cancelled. So obviously Melbourne to a degree like although it's well it's a public road isn't it yeah like during during the off season when when f1's not there and when um 
Australian supercars aren't there and stuff. Exactly, like, yeah. it, it is a public road around the park. So I think things like that, Vietnam, Baku, if Baku had to be called off, obviously yeah. Monaco, think, things like that are planned a whole season, if not more, probably in advance. So I don't see many of those street races coming back onto the calendar if if we get some spare time later in the year. So it, whether they'd be circuits capable of hosting like a, an alternate race in time, I don't know. Yeah, possibly. Um, but you're right. I mean, because Monaco, the race takes place at the end of May and they started the construction of the circuit last week. Like, that shows how long it takes to turn these street circuits around. So, yeah. I think if Ross Braun can get his, what do you say, 17 or 18, I think that'd be very impressive. I think we're probably realistically looking at more like 15 or 16, maybe. Ooh, I think you might be being optimistic there. Do you think? To be honest. Yeah. Yeah. We've already got potentially five cancelled, haven't we, here? Yeah, it's true, actually. If we, if, when should Monaco be? Mid, end of May? It's May back 20, holiday. 21st to 24th, yeah. Yeah, so it's the end of May. Um, in a in a realistic scenario, Europe potentially won't be on the downturn of this until May to June. If you go by the same yeah. scale as some of the rest of the world, so I don't know. You could be looking at a ten possibly races yeah. like maybe not having anything until just before the summer break in like July or something, depending I on. Mean... Where it's affected the worst and stuff, and what races yeah. are left of this first block of races we've lost. I think they're going to do everything they can to get the uh Dutch Grand Prix to happen, but mm. the rest of them, I'm not so sure. I mean, a lot of money comes from the Bahrain race, but, but th- good enough this reason. Is, this is where F1 do need to tread carefully because it is, yes, as much as the Dutch fans are so keen for a race and max is keen for a home race and f1's keen to take the sport there the end of the day the health of everyone in the yeah exactly in in the whole thing fans and and staff alike and teams needs to be top priority like personally i don't care if like i I'm I'm kind of glad I didn't. But I was literally about to buy a Dutch GP ticket last week before all this started, <laughs> and I'm kind of glad I didn't now. But I'd rather it be cancelled and be disappointed than uh, people being ill and yeah, exactly a reputation tarnished. Well, I just bought my uh, Sky Sports pass for the year to watch it, um, and <laughs> literally the day after I bought it, just every sport started getting cancelled. So, and I'll need to get into like. Indonesian handball or something, whatever <laughs> sports are still actually happening that I can watch. I'm going to say Sky Sports. There's probably nothing on anymore, is there? God, Over no, here in the UK. Just a lot of replays of old races and old football matches, I imagine. Yeah, probably. probably. Um, Charlie says, uh, there were many, many developing storylines coming out of the off-season. Ferrari seemingly in trouble, Racing Point possibly in with the top three for pace, and so many more. With the postponing of the season, what storyline are you most disappointed to not see play out? Ooh, that's a very good question. Um, I do wonder if this extra development time before the first race will let the midfield catch up with Racing Point a bit. 
I think this possibly this is possibly going to hurt Racing Point. Like we said last week, like they needed to hit the ground running and really rack up some points these first few races until people started to catch up in the midfield. So that might have lost them that advantage. But honestly, like it's the obvious answer. But I was just very excited to see the whole DAS thing and how the protests against it went. Because Red Bull basically said, yes, we are definitely going to protest that the second Mercedes running on track. So, Yeah, um, it gives them time to, to work around it, doesn't it? And like you say, it does give other teams chance to catch racing point. I suppose it does depend on how much time teams are spending in the factories and stuff back at base. Because I imagine McLaren probably won't have done much yet. Um, then again, so. I guess it depends on how much of the road team that go to circuit are going to be involved with factory. True. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot of places factory wise that are, are having slowdowns and and minimizing work to cut the number of employees having to go in to a bit of a minimum. So I don't think teams will develop quickly, but it's not to say no. they won't. So I think they're losing the racing point. Then again, actually, it's not necessarily a bad thing if everyone catches up to racing point in the midfield because if racing point are as close to the top three as we think they could have potentially been... That's true. It could actually be a good thing because everybody else will catch up and we might actually, for once, in the last 25 years, have a somewhat <laughs> even grid. Even oh, if he's got ten he's races dreaming. on it. He's dreaming, but <laughs> <laughs> let a boy dream. <laughs> um and finally this week, uh, from Dat's Life, they say, with no races for potentially the next few months, will you keep doing a weekly podcast? And if so, what will you discuss? Um make you maybe you could invite other podcasts on as guests to discuss the current state of Formula One. Um the honest answer, I think, is we don't know at this point. Um, I mean, we're still going to carry on as best we can, I think. Um, I, there, there is going to be stuff going on, I think, in terms of just figuring out where the season's going, um, which we'll obviously be around to talk about. But, yeah, we haven't sort of really planned out what we're going to do in the meantime yet, but we'll definitely still be around in some form or another. Um Having some guests on definitely sounds like a good idea. Uh, if there's anyone out there that wants to jump on and talk about whatever it is you may do, um, yeah. we can probably make that happen. Um, can even bring back some of those silly quizzes we used to do back in the uh, summer breaks in the first season or two. Who knows? Um, and also, if there's anything you would like us to talk about for an extended period of time, because you know we we tend to cover things in sort of fairly quick manner, because we're normally doing a bunch of different things in one episode. So if there's anything you'd like us to talk about on a slightly more extended basis, we could maybe look at doing that as well. Um, but yeah, we're, we're definitely not going anywhere anyway. We're not going into hibernation until uh, Monaco, that's for sure. Yeah, well, we've all got nothing. Well, I say we've got nothing to do. We're all stuck inside our homes now. So exactly. We might, yeah. we might as well podcast. <laughs> yeah, a lot of spare time on our hands. I mean, oh my God, yeah, I'm going to... That's probably about an hour and a half of every day I'm getting back now because I won't be on buses and tubes getting to and from work, so... Definitely. Plenty of time. Uh, and that will about wrap us up for this week. Um, it's been a slightly weird one, but thank you for joining us and for uh, sticking with us. Um, hopefully everyone out there is uh, healthy and safe. Please try and keep it that way. And 
with a bit of luck, we'll uh, be able to struggle through the next month or two and then we'll have to actually get some racing to talk about. Yeah. Um, if you want to get in touch in the meantime, as always, we're on Twitter at Back the Grid F1. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram by just searching for Back of the Grid. Or if you go to backofthegrid.com, uh, you can see all our lovely website stuff and you can uh, email us from there as well. Um, oh, speaking of the website, obviously, uh, Predictions League is also on hold at this point. Um, I don't know how much of a problem this is going to cause for you from a web development point of view, Tom, but there we go. Um, I'll, you... I don't know. I'll just delete everything. <laughs> I'll just delete it all. It's Burn fine. it all down and start again. Yeah. Um, it also means you now have even more time to join the Predictions League if you've not already. And also, uh, you can sign up to our... Um, league on the official uh, f1 fantasy site which uh we tweeted and facebooked uh, our code for that um in the recent days uh i'll twist out again so you can find it if anyone wants that um but yeah that'll do us for now so until i'm not sure when um <laughs> thanks for joining us and i'm sure we'll speak to you again soon goodbye everyone goodbye